This morning we are seeking wisdom again from the Word of God and praying that He would reveal to us through the words that have been preserved for us here, these ancient words, that we would find life and hope and strength in these and to see the plan of God continuing to unfold. We will be reading from uh, Mark chapter 15, uh, the first 20 verses there, as we see the, the story of the life of Jesus continue. Mark 15 at verse 1. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you? Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast he used to release for them one of the prisoners for whom they asked. Among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in a purple cloak. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to, homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. How far would you be willing to go to accomplish something? Maybe, maybe your uh, accomplishment that you want to achieve is to have the, the, the nicest looking car in your circle of friends. I remember back in high school days when cars used to be something to look at anyway. Uh, when you could have a 69 Firebird, by far the, the best car ever made, and you would spend all kinds of time keeping it up 
so that whenever you were out and you ran into people you knew, they would admire your car. What would you do to keep that up? Do you, do you wax it once a year, twice a year, every month? I knew guys that spent way more time than I did trying to keep their cars clean because they wanted theirs to be the nicest looking car. What if you wanted to be the smartest student? How far would you go? I don't have a ton of experience in that area, but I hear people would study all the time. So much so that they would forsake all kinds of other fun activities. They had a, a determination about them to, to be the best. Maybe, maybe you want to be the most popular, the, the best athlete, top employee or salesperson. Maybe the, the funniest person in your circle. Maybe people want to be a great political leader. How far do you go to accomplish that? Wealthiest or being right all the time. How far do you go? Maybe you want to have the, the biggest, the, the coolest, the trendiest, the largest church or the pastor of it. How far do you go? How, how far do you take that pursuit of wealth and what would you be willing to do to get to that place of wealthiest or most popular or whatever it is that might intrigue you or tempt you? How far do you take that? Our story today is a story about how far people would go to accomplish what they wanted to do. Much of the attention of what we've been seeing here in these uh, verses today and from last week's as well is how far the Pharisees would go, how far the religious leader, the whole council of people, how far would the religious council go to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish? Last week we, hear, we heard about the trial that was held by the religious leaders and all the different things that they tried to convict Jesus of and failed. They couldn't get a testimony to even agree with one other one. So here in our text this morning, uh, reflecting on what they had done the night before, as soon as it was morning, they tried a new route. They hadn't accomplished yet what they needed to, so they have something else they're going to do. Instead of their own religious trial, which proved to be ineffective, and truly they, they left this place in there where they, they can't actually kill anybody, they need to bring it someplace else. And so they bring it to the Roman court. As soon as it was morning, they weren't going to waste any time. And this was a time of year where 
there was an expectation that people were going to be heard in the courts and, and things were going to be happening there. There was a, a time where um, somebody would be given a pardon. And there's a lot of buzz about what's going to happen and the religious leaders take advantage of this time so they, they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. This is where it really gets interesting though for the for the story of, of Jesus and how His own people are working against Him. Uh, the Jewish council, as they're trying to put to death Jesus, the one who keeps threatening their existence, He's got a greater following, a, a more powerful word, signs and wonders to accompany all of that, and he, they're losing their people they have to step it up a notch because they can't make anything stick. Nothing they have done, nothing they have said has actually been able to bring Jesus to a place of conviction. And so here we are at the courts. And they give him over to Pilate. And Pilate, Pilate asks the same things the, the same accusation, if it will, but it's a question for him where, where Jesus is claiming to be king of the Jews because he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior come into the world and that just upsets them even though they've been waiting for that. Pilate says, are you? Are you the king of the Jews? Yes. Jesus, once again, just the clear answer to the truth. Mark's, Mark's account here is very abbreviated when it comes to the trial. What you don't see happening behind the scenes, uh, what's, what's taking place that the other gospel writers give evidence to, is that there's, there's more happening. Mark gives us the cliff notes, the Reader's Digest version of that. So you know that it took place, but not much detail is given. They bring him to Pilate and Pilate asks him, but, but, but what's happening is Pilate keeps asking, keeps inquiring about Jesus. He, he keeps probing to see what's the problem here. What has he done? And so Pilate would say to the people, I don't find this man guilty of anything. Nothing. in the continued talking with Jesus, whatever that was looking like in that time, there was still nothing. Three times, if you read from, from Luke's account or John's account, three times you'd find out that Jesus would go back, or Pilate would go back to the people and say, I found nothing that makes this man guilty. Nothing that makes him deserving of death. Three times... Pilate goes back to give them that announcement. You brought him to me so I could convict him and I have found nothing. Pilate, even in his own uh, trying to absolve himself from any responsibility of this, when he finds out that Jesus is a Galilean, he appeals to Herod. 
Maybe Herod will take this off his hands. Herod's also intrigued with Jesus, much like the crowds that have always followed him, at least up until this point, always watching what he's doing. He's intrigued by Jesus. He'd like to hear him some more. He, he wants to see him do something powerful as everybody else did. Herod, too, the same testimony comes from Herod. I don't see why you're bringing him to me. Herod finds nothing wrong and he sends him back to Pilate. Pilate couldn't quite be done with Jesus yet and he just keeps giving that response to the people. There's nothing that he's done wrong. Nothing that makes him guilty. He doesn't deserve death. But they have this custom, this time where they would pardon somebody. We know of that in the the changing of presidencies where somebody has the right to pardon. Maybe there's a, a pardon given for a prisoner that's on death row and they... They get a pardon at the last minute. This is the kind of thing that's happening here, except there's a, there's a twist to this one. You get to choose. It's not just up to the, the person. There's a choice in that. And so Jesus is now being counted as one of the criminals, as Scripture records for us. He's one of the choices. The crowds could certainly ask for all the crowds that had been following Jesus all along, uh, eating the food that he miraculously set before them, uh, some of those crowds that have received healing that can walk now and follow because they can walk finally, those that can walk because they can see finally, those that can be in the crowds because they're healed of their leprosy, those crowds could be there and screaming for the release of Jesus who has healed them and amazed them with his teaching. And yet, the crowds are not going to be asking for the guiltless man. They're going to be stirred up by the people who are trying to figure out how to get rid of Jesus. Because you can imagine when the Pharisees couldn't make anything stick and they see that Pilate keeps coming back and saying, there's nothing, now what do you do? How far do you go to condemn the man you hate? And so they stir up the crowd to ask for the murderer, convicted murderer from the insurrection, to be released. Convicted murderer caught in the insurrection. Release him. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, the whole Jewish council, they're they're standing among the people and whispering, trying to stir them up so that they'll ask for Barabbas. And allow Jesus to be condemned. This is how far they're willing to go. 
Jesus. What is, what is Jesus doing in all of this? Uh, Jesus continues to do what we've seen him do all along and what he's specifically doing here when he's on trial for his life. He only speaks truth. He only gives an answer to those things that are truthful. He will present the truth to them, but he's silent in his defense. He doesn't speak a word to defend himself, not one. He continues in that same posture of only bearing witness to the truth. That's why he's here. That's the conversation that he has with Pilate. Pilate and and Jesus are talking and Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my people would be fighting for me. But it's not of this world. You're a king then? Yes, and I came, as Jesus said, I came to bear witness to the truth. Pilate, amazed by that. What is that? What is truth? And Jesus would only reiterate the truth over and over. He didn't defend himself. He spoke the truth. In the meantime, he's going to have to endure the hatred of the people. He's he's been opposed by the religious uh, authorities all along, except for a few that have fertile ground in their hearts, those that have this tilled up soil ready to receive the truth. Pharisees like Nicodemus that begin to hear the word of God and let it take root. Most of them, though, don't want to hear anything of it. They're not ready to hear that. Their, their hearts are not prepared for that. Their hearts are truly hardened. And Jesus just keeps speaking the truth, and he'll now have to bear the brunt of their wrath against him. And because they can't do it, they will rely on the Roman authorities to carry out what they want to see, what they've wanted to see all along, the death of Jesus, the one that threatens their existence, their popularity. What do you, how far would you go to be the most popular, the most successful, the, the, crowd, the, the Pharisee with the largest crowd following you? How far do you go? And they would be willing to smear an innocent, innocent man's name, beat him, and have him killed so that they can protect themselves. That's where they're at, and Jesus is going to bear the brunt of that. Mark almost glosses over, if you can gloss over, Jesus being scourged. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, here's here's Pilate. Pilate, the, the Roman authority that can make the decisions, sides with the crowd. As much as he uh, washes his hands, he's not innocent. He had the authority. Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowds, released for them Barabbas, and having Jesus scourged, delivered him to be crucified. 
having Jesus scourged. They stripped the robe off his back so he's in nothing but a loincloth. And they would take a whip and they would have it tied with shards of pottery, pieces of metal and glass. And they would have that tightly in there. And they wouldn't just whip it like that so it makes a little bit of contact. They would make sure that that thing hit his entire back and stuck before they ripped it back off. I wouldn't want to know that the second one is coming after that one. Once you know what the scourge will do to human flesh, you don't want it to happen again. But over and over and over again they would whip him until what has been said about him in the Old Testament, he was marred so far beyond human semblance you couldn't even recognize him anymore. And just when you think the beating is done and his back is just open and raw and probably the backs of his legs, just when you think it's over, they turn him over and lay him on his back so they can whip him on his front too. This is how far they're going to go to get rid of Jesus. And they keep whipping him. That wasn't enough. When all of that is done, a whole battalion of soldiers come to mock Him. Maybe 600 soldiers. It would pack this place. Standing room only without an inch between anybody and a whole company of soldiers are going to mock Him and beat Him and spit on Him. Being spat on in the face is an act of disgrace. And if somebody did it to you, the shame that you would feel. Now imagine that as many as, we don't know, it doesn't say how many of them did, but as many as 600 men spit in your face. And 600 men coming by to Beat that crown of thorns deeper into your skull. This is how far the religious leaders will go to inflict pain on the one they hate. And Jesus endured it all. See, here... In this trial, Jesus is proven innocent. Did you catch that? Over and over and over again, nothing from anybody has stuck against Jesus. And He is declared guiltless. But, in this exchange of trading places, Jesus would now be the one that is condemned to die instead of the murderer. The convicted murderer 
with evidence against him because he had been caught in the insurrection. And now the religious leaders are here in this place stirring up, stirring up their own insurrection to set the murderer free and condemn the innocent man. You know, it had to be that way. As much as you and I might just stand in shock that this would happen after finding a man innocent, it had to be that way. If Jesus was going to be the sacrifice for you, if He was going to stand in my place, He had to be innocent. The religious leaders couldn't prove Him guilty of anything. The Roman courts couldn't find anything wrong with Him. Guiltless. It had to be that way. And now here in this place, it's been determined. The guiltless, spotless Lamb would trade places with you condemned to die. See, if, if you put me on trial now, uh, <laughs> you find all kinds of things to condemn me of. Maybe even murder when you are considered to have hated somebody. You can find all kinds of things wrong with me and I can find all kinds of things wrong with every one of you too. There's not one of us here that's guiltless. Not one. But Jesus traded places with us, guiltless, spotless, so that we wouldn't be condemned. The religious leaders were willing to go as far as making up their own lies. Guilty. They lied about Jesus. Now they're guilty. They stir up an insurrection. Guilty. They hand Him over to be crucified. Guilty. They have lied. They have left the Word of God undone. They have misunderstood it. They have led people astray. They're guilty. Jesus? How far does He go? He'll only speak what is true. Jesus never defended Himself against an accusation. But what He will do, brothers and sisters, what Jesus will do, and what He can do, and what He does for you, is defend you. The guilty one. He will defend you against the enemy. He will defend you even if the Father says, but this one has committed all of these sins. But He said, Father, I've, I have already traded places with that one. I've stood in their place. And they're not guilty. He wouldn't defend Himself against any charge, but He is going to and continues to defend you. 
That's how far Jesus will go to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He's not going to leave it undone. His mission is to bring you safely through this life. And he's willing to do all of this. And they have yet to crucify him. He's not even done yet. This is how far Jesus is going to go and farther to trade places with you and defend you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Jesus, we can't even imagine what you endured. Just in that day, on that trial, at the hands of the Roman soldiers, it's unthinkable for us. We cringe at what you had to endure, not just the physical pain, but the mocking, the humiliation. And you could have at any time called down not just a battalion of 600 angels, but a legion and legions of legions of angels to defend you, to protect you. Not a word. You stayed silent and you endured it all as you would still face the cross. So I wouldn't. So we give you glory and we will continue to give you glory for what you have done. And we will take every opportunity to make sure people know what you have done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for making this your plan and seeing it through. So Holy Spirit, strengthen us to give witness to the truth, to proclaim the truth at all times and let Jesus defend us. It is in His powerful name that we pray. Amen.